Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. In this episode, I'm delighted to feature Brittany Leanne Williams. She is a passionate, figurative painter that draws upon rich, vibrant red colors that capture your eye and draw attention to strong, voluptuous, womanly figures dominant in her work. Brittany has impressive accomplishments, to mention a few. She attended Skohegan School of Painting and Sculpture. She received a Joan Mitchell Foundation grant and was an artist-in-residence at University of Chicago. Her talent includes set design for a short film titled Self-Deportation that has been featured in film festivals nationwide and internationally. Brittany is currently in a group show at the Anna Zarina Gallery titled Sit Still, Self-Portraits in the Age of Distraction. It's curated by Patty Horing and Deborah Brown, and I want to thank them both. Welcome to this episode, and enjoy. Welcome, Brittany, to my podcast. It's so great to have you today. Thanks for having me. I'm especially excited to feature you now because the upcoming show that you're in. But before we go there, let's um, share with listeners, tell us about yourself and when you discovered your artistic passion. Yeah, so I'm originally from um, Pasadena, California. Um, I come from, I don't know, some really badass parents. Um, <laughs> That's um, great. Yeah, and I ended up in 2008, I moved to Chicago to attend the School of Art Institute of Chicago. Um, I was there for all of a year and a half, I think. Um, I took a leave of absence because I, even with the merit scholarship, it wasn't making sense for me financially and I wasn't able to do it. Always thinking I was going to return. And then I kind of um, did, did a ton of different jobs to kind of support myself all while making work. Um, and then had the awesome opportunity in 2017 to go to Skokegan. Um, so that's kind of, and from there, like, um, have had like a really, yeah, like a nice snowball effect uh, when it comes to having now a studio and being able to make work full time. So that's kind of... Um, where I'm at right now, um, how I came to uh, be interested in the arts. Um, I, I come from a mother who um, kind of uh, lost her ability to um, do some of the creative things she wanted to do in her life. She was uh, really fascinated with um, theater for the very, for a very long time, and then uh, in college actually was going to um, pursue writing, um, and was told in um, an all white class that she 
um, must have plagiarized one of her first writing prompts. Um, and I think that really stained my mother and instilled, and because of that, she was maybe almost obsessive in her children doing what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, when I was in third grade, I was diagnosed with just dyslexia. It was a pretty rough case. Um, and I felt so um, grieved at being different. I think you're, we're so small and insecure and unsure of ourselves. And so finding out I was struggling in academics Uh, was really a difficult blow for me. And my mom kind of placed me in all these different uh, extracurricular activities and art really, really stuck. I think because I wanted to maybe be good at something because I was so bad, it felt like in school, um, there was a strong attraction to uh, the mechanics of drawing. And I think really in the beginning, it was just like, I want to be good at something. I had this very powerful exchange at this Norton Simon that I've talked about before where I went to a museum and I saw a Monet and that was the first time it wasn't about replication, but rather expression. Right. So like painting light and seeing kind of this, uh, mark making was shocking to me. And so that was kind of my invitation into art making. So I'm curious about your narrative. I love mm-hmm. the figures that you paint. I love the colors focused on women, but sh- share with us your narrative. My narrative. I'm, I'm interested in um, these uh, red figures that um, are playing, obviously they're figures. So it's playing with figuration, but I'm definitely thinking of these forms as uh, vessels um, that, that there isn't a singular subjectivity. Um, it's not me and it's not my mother necessarily. It's us. Mm -hmm. It's the, we, a collective. And so this collective is a holding place. Um, and so these, these forms are carrying, um, their past, they're carrying, um, maybe the future, right. They're carrying home, they're carrying memory, they're carrying time, they're carrying um, even these kind of fragmented uh, experiences within them. And I think um, I'm placing them, yes, in these surreal um, landscapes, but I like this idea where the body is kind of on the, the body straddles both an inside and outside. So when we think of it carrying something or holding something, um, that, that um, there's a collapse between the outside and inside, where is the body, the portal to home because they're holding home while also seated in a fixed reality. Um, so playing with all of that, red has a really important meaning to me, which um, I could talk more about, but um, I view these as black women or a black collective of women, Um, but I'm addressing blackness through redness, um, which is really important to me that that I do actually view these as women from my family, my mother, my grandmother, my aunts, my sister. but yeah, so that's a little bit about the work and what I'm interested in. So elaborate on your choice of the color red. Yeah, so um, I went to Skohegan in 2017. I was, uh, <laughs> it's a really magical place. 
Um, and I was making very different work when I first got there. Um, during my time there, I kind of like mined myself a lot and was working through a lot of stuff. But this bent over figure uh, began to make itself known. And at the time, the figure wasn't red, but she, like her back was bent. And um, I was really exploring this idea of tiredness, uh, burden, weight. Um, and so when I, to give a little bit of info on Skohingan, it's like in the middle of nowhere in Maine. Um, and so I think what that did, that res one of the things that that residency did is when I got back to Chicago, um, a lot of old things became new. And I wasn't gone that long, but truly like a lot of things felt very new to me. And one of the things that was new was the ambulance siren. Um, again, I'm like a city kid. I had always grown up near hearing sirens. It was nothing, right? You just pull over. But I think um, being away from it, it was so striking that uh, the authority that this ambulance siren has, that um, even the car that is like kind of tailgating you, like driving too fast behind you, um, even that car stops right. and everyone pulls over. And everyone takes note that this emergency is taking place. And uh, I thought, I, I, I mean, I was super attracted to that, attracted to recognition, to visibility, um, to kind of this choreography. And I really wanted that for Black women, specifically when I think about the Black women in my family, there is a uh, invisibility. Like, I don't know. Um, we are the matriarchs. We are the rocks. We are the spiritual force that holds everyone together. We make everything okay. Right. But in that we're not seen. And so I, uh, I really wanted this kind of bright siren red to be the way in which I articulate blackness for black women that they, that my figures, um, require or command the gaze or to be seen. And in some of your really early work, I noticed that the color white was a dominant color. Mm. Yeah, I think that um, when I look back at like bodies of work that I've done, I go through obsessive spells. So yes. <laughs> like I think, um, but maybe one thing that is repetitive throughout my interest is um, really fascinated with beauty. I think all the work that I've done, I'm really attracted to a beautiful thing or rearranging things to be visually attractive while also dealing with maybe complex concerns around identity. And I, I think that that word, you know, it's really flattened right now and it's just about gender and race. But I mean, like, who am I and what am I in relationship to the world? So um, when, when thinking about the work you're probably talking about, I think it's tape uh, smiles and peace signs. Yes. Um, yeah. I was definitely thinking about this. Um, uh, yeah. Racial component um, around my experience of going to an all Chinese school as a little girl. And so race or this kind of white face or this porcelain uh, kind of face comes up. That work is complicated, but yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then and now, do you ever think about your audience when you're creating? 
like what they think, how they feel when they see your work? Mm, so I think for me, in this, the studio is sacred. The studio is sacred. So like, no, not in the studio. When I'm making in that place and I'm seeking out revelation and I'm seeking out answers and I'm problem solving, I cannot afford to invite eyes into that making space or an opinion or a critique in that space. <laughs> but I think once the work moves out of the studio, and that's my decision, right? I am the gatekeeper to what is seen and what is not seen. There are many things that I do that people do not see. And that is a lot, that is not just paintings. I do a lot of other things um, that are meant for the private space. But once it goes out into the world, I think that there is a responsibility and I, there are considerations around that. And so I always think of this kind of <laughs> like orbit. And I think about um, the center, the nucleus of this orbit is my intentions. And then I think about how there are different tiers or rings uh, and people can orbit closer to the center or further out. And I think there's something really attractive to me or a way to deal with my controlling nature, which is like, I want everyone to know my intentions Rather than doing that to myself, um, I trust that my mother or maybe uh, someone from my family will have a, a, a closer orbit Th through symbolism, through certain decisions I make through the work. My mother might be standing before a work and be planted in a specific time. She might look at this work and know, oh, Brittany is speaking to me and sharing a revelation about that moment. And then that stranger um, orbits way further out. There, there's on-ramps through beauty, through, I don't know, figuration, whatever we want to pick. But they can look at the work, but they orbit on a further tier. Um, and so that's how I regulate myself around the emotions of people digesting my work. Um, yeah. Anyway. Do you think the critics understand your work? So, I, yeah. So I... That's an interesting question. I don't, I don't think I've come up against a, a harsh critique yet. Maybe that will come in time as my career um, moves or as, uh, I don't know. I, I haven't actually come up against a strong opinion. What I will say I have come up against is uh, maybe people overemphasizing things that are within the work, but overemphasizing it with the desire for it to align with their agenda. <laughs> so there might be something within the work. Yes, I'm doing it. Yes, it's present in the studio. Yes, it's present in my mind. But what happens is, is the writer or the curator bends the work to be more about this one thing that they care about or this one thing that is trending or this one thing that is, I don't know, uh, has maybe like uh, a spicier taste to it. <laughs> um, and so um, I, I'm not angry by that. I, I, I really have released myself to that, but I think that maybe that's what I've dealt with more. Um, and I think that that is a, a sign of the times. I think everyone feels as though you must be on a side, you must be, you know, didactic. The blurring of things is really complicated right now because it is such a, it is such a battle right now. I mean, yeah. So, oh, man. Yeah. So let's talk about the battle right now. What's studio <laughs> life like and how are, how are you dealing with it? 
How am I doing? Um, so I think to be very honest, I think painting is hard right now. Like I think painting for me feels slow, like too slow. And so I always have to do something quick <laughs> before I do the slow thing. Um, and what I mean by that is like, I, 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 I have been driving a lot. Like I go long distances one because the beach is actually not accessible right now. Like you cannot go to parks you can't really be outdoors freely right now. So like there's one area where I can drive really far and walk around there. And, and I'm really attracted to water right now. So I've been doing that every day almost. And I do that right before I go to the studio. It's not quick, like, I don't know what people like uh, define as quick, but for me, it feels quick, like driving and moving. Um, I'm not sitting stagnant in front of a painting trying to you know, problem solve. And so that allows for this kind of, I don't know, like breathing. It's, it's an exhale before I go into the studio. And so that's kind like of, that. yeah, that's what it's been like for, for me when it comes to studio. I mean, I'm kind of frustrated with myself. I think things are just not, we can't make ourselves be what we need to be right now. <laughs> or at least I can't. I'm like, Brittany, be like, be happy today. And it's like, fuck no, I don't, like, there, there is yeah. none of that in me or, or Brittany have a routine today. I'm incapable of being who I want to be right now. It's, it's funny to me. Like, I think when I reflect on how much I'm asking of myself, it's like, we can't ask ourselves to be better right now, but also I, I desire so much to be better, you know? Yeah. We've lost that uh, sense of uh, freedom. Yeah. It's very confining Mm. And and we're restricted. It's it's not easy, mm. not yeah. at all. But that's great that you get to drive and yeah, get away. And I see your pictures on Instagram with the water, and it's yes, it's yeah. very serene. Yes, yeah. it's good. It's helpful. So this this period of time, do you think it'll be reflected in your work? Mm. I think for me it will. I think it'll trickle in. It's already kind of trickled in. There's a couple of things I'm working on in the studio that definitely. Um, I believe have like a direct relationship to what's going on. I think though, you know, like I'm interested in maybe like what I decide to make in two years from now. I think mm. that we, like it, it, there will be so much processing needed. Like I feel like we have, we, we haven't finished. <laughs> There's no. been no finish to whatever we're in. Not that there ever is a finish, but it doesn't feel like there's, we've come to an end of anything. And because of that, it's hard to name it, right? Like, I think that um, naming is categorizing something. And I have no idea what to categorize this. Like, when I think about, I don't know, I don't want to talk too much about, like, politics because I'm trying to protect myself from being only talking about those things. But, like, whatever we're in the midst of, I actually cannot name this. Like, I'm like, is this actually, like, while it's painful and people are suffering and this is terrifying, is this the turning? Like, are we, is that what, are we turning the ship? Are we taking a new direction and it's causing a lot of like friction or are we going downhill? And this is like the demise of us. I'm not sure, but I, I, I think we can't even name it. I don't even know what to make about it because we're in the midst of it. It's so foggy, you know? Um, so I think it will come up in my work. It's already present. Um, but I think I'm interested in like 
yeah, two years of processing this or, you know, five years, like, are we going to say, oh, 2020? <laughs> like, like, right. oh, like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. Are, are we going to say, oh, wow, 2020 led to 2021 and 2022? Like, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Right. You know? Yeah. Right. Well, we do know one thing, and that is things are going to change. And I for think sure. for the for the better, ho- hopefully for the better, depends yeah. on what happens um, in November. But it's 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 I'm 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 optimistic and 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 hopeful. Yeah. You know, we it's it's how how I exist. Yeah. Um. So you're participating in a show called Sit Still, which is curated by Deborah Brown and Patty Hornet. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's at Anna's Arena Gallery. I um, have two portraits in the show. Um, and um, yeah, it, it's. I wish I could see it in person from images online because that's how we're seeing everything. It looks like a beautiful show. I'm really honored to be showing work alongside some really incredible people. Um, the... I sent them over when we were trying to make decisions, a few options. I actually thought maybe that's one of the things that circles back to what we were talking about, which is like kind of this like private place. One of the private things I do is I've always really enjoyed self-portraiture and I've actually done a series of work that were all about using my body and, and, and portraiture as a, as a way to like address uh, uh, concerns I've had in the past. Um, but I, I like don't show a lot of self-portraiture now. So it was nice to be invited into the show and the work that uh, one of the, what, the portrait that's on view uh, that's been circulating is um, um, I think it's called New Studio 2019. Um, and I'm still really fascinated with red. So I think, uh, you know, these ideas of an urgent state of exhaustion or this kind of... Um, yeah, emergency state um, and wanting kind of recognition or desiring authoritative, uh, to to have this, um, to command the viewer to to look, I think um, all plays within that work, even though it's not um, directly in relationship to these figures that I've been painting in surreal landscapes. And I mean, for me, it's so crazy. That painting, I feel like, is so prophetic now. But in 2019, I had just signed a lease on this uh, studio. And I can't even, like, when I think about how scared I was (laughs) uh, and the pressure I was feeling um, when I made that portrait, um, yeah, I mean, I was just, I was, I was, yeah terrified I don't know I was wrestling through a lot of personal things I was wrestling through this idea of what it means to 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 have more right and like um the studio was like a huge jump for me and so just it was like a good thing felt somehow oppressive I think you know we're reading that image completely different now but that was what um birthed that work, I really did feel, yeah, completely smothered out. Um, yeah. The, the expression uh, uh, sort of indicates that. And, and the blue, what does the blue represent? Blue? I can't even... Blue... Are we, think, are we talking about the same piece where your head is sideways? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. So that's, 
So, uh, so, sorry, I view that as a gray. Yes, yes, yes. Blue. Yes, got you. Um, yeah, <laughs> it is. I, I think it's the it's 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 weight. It's meant to be weight, but it's actually my shirt. Um, and like it's it's just a. Like the way in which it's painted, I feel like everything's kind of pouring in, but it is like meant to be my back, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I was like truly laying on the floor of this studio and I don't know. I like, it's, I think that I've, I'm very attracted to working in that way right now where I, if I catch myself in a pose or I catch my body um, in a position that is accurate to what is taking place inside. I note to myself to keep it and maybe do something with it later. And I think that that's how I play with these red figures a bit, but that honestly is that portrait as well. That me laying on the floor. I mean, (laughs) if anyone caught me, (laughs) like I just felt like it was, it, it just really told the outside of myself what was going on inside but it must be great to have a studio that you can escape to yeah to create because a lot of artists especially those in new york city that rely on um public transportation right. you know they don't have the the flexibility or the ability to go to their studios every day absolutely so. my my life has taken a i don't know like a very um strange turn or amazing turn I guess I should say and I'm trying to keep up with it I think I had never I mean again when I talk about that work and and calling it new studio like I had never paid for a studio before (laughs) you know what I mean like I just think that everything felt really terrifying to me and while I think there are people who you know, feel very comfortable paying rent or on a studio. For me, it was just that, that that was a really radical act for me from where I come from and how my family and I talk and what we know, like it was a different, it was just different. Yeah. It's a, it's a real commitment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now it's home. I love that space. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. great. I was going to say, I'm yeah. sure you don't regret it now. Yeah, no, it's home. Yeah. So one last question. Mm-hmm. You're young and early, <laughs> early in your career. So I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't want to put any pressure on you when I ask this, but what do you feel your role is as an artist now or in the future? Or how you'd like to impact? Mm. Yeah, I think that you know. Again, like I don't know. Maybe that's like you have to cut yourself in two a little bit. Like I think a portion of me can't hold that question because it would kill the work. Like Mm. it would, it would be too much pressure. Like even it's like too much of a call, you know, (laughs) like it's like when someone like when a, when a, when a pastor or priest is like called to do, I like, I think it's like too, it's too much, you know, like it's terrifying to be, to be asked that question. But then I will say that there have been, um, uh, individuals before me that have done things that I would like maybe to do for others. Um, and what I mean by that is like, when I talk about like the Norton Simon experience where I'm standing in front of a work and, and I, I, I mean, I, there's no words for what happened to me as a little girl when I, when I saw uh, that work that was in front of me. Like it seemed like the impossible became possible. So maybe it's that, like, I think maybe, uh, it's, 
you know, I want to have a revelation take place in the studio. And my, 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 I'm, un, I'm in, I'm unable to like verbally articulate that, but maybe through a painting that that revelation can be transmitted. And I would love to do that for people, for people, you know, post me, I don't know, like after me, excuse me. Like, I, I think that maybe that's all I can sit with, but I, again, like, I think we should be, so, for me, I need to be careful of, of kind of uh, percolating or thinking about that too much. Cause I think it, yeah, it just was, it's, a, it's another form of pressure. It's another burden to carry. Um, yeah. I think I have to just believe like, Oh, Brittany, you're here. Rearrange things, you know, like right. the earth is great. Just keep rearranging things and trying to make it beautiful. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're certainly making things beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Very Thank you. beautiful. I mean, I, I um, you know, I started following you on Instagram because your art caught my eye and I do love beautiful things. So mm. it, was, it was nice to connect. And I really appreciate your time today. It's been great to feature you. Thank and you. you take care of yourself. Continue on with those long drives. Yes, I will. I most certainly will. And avoid the crowds, as they say. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Phyllis. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram. 